0: Hello everyone, my name is Josh and I'd like to welcome you into the Walk in the Light podcast. May God bless you all. Last week we started this To the End of the Age series and we were talking about the rapture, what what would happen during it, the encouragement for believers and its future coming, and the various perspectives on the timeline of it happening in regards to pre-tribulation, post-tribulation, or even amillennialism. Uh, which is post-millennial reign. Now I do feel that there was a good amount of discussion but there was one more passage I wanted to cover for this. Now I don't expect this to be as long as a result but I still feel it was worth covering. The passage we are going to primarily be using today is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 Uh, but before we get into that um, let's get into a prayer using a Paul's prayer from uh, Ephesians chapter 3. God, we ask that you would grant all of us according to the riches of your glory that we may be granted to us and strengthened with the power through his spirit in our inner being so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith that we being rooted and grounded in love May be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that we may be filled to the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Again, we are going to be covering Second Thessalonians chapter 2, and I'd like to start off by reading the passage, and it says, Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed either by a spirit or a spoken word. Or a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come? Let no one deceive you in any way. For that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed. The son of destruction who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship. So that he takes a seat in the temple of God proclaiming himself to be God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you I told you these things? and you know what is restraining him now so that he may be revealed in his time for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way and then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming the coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders. And with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved therefore God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness but we ought always to give thanks to God for you brothers beloved by the Lord Because God chose you as the firstfruits to be saved through the sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth, to this He called you through His Gospel, so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, Comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. I find this passage has some very unique aspects to it. Context, background, and other parts of scripture are going to be super important in breaking this down. Now there are many preachers and teachers with great doctrine who offer uh, differing uh, aspects of this passage and, and elements of it. My aim here is to avoid trying to give or take credit for any of them, Uh, uh, give or take credit away from any of them and just do my best to provide uh, the best to to the best of my ability, the crucial details and scripture that supports them. So let's uh, break this down verse by verse. So, verse 1, now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers, here we see, like last week, that the Thessalonians are being encouraged by the promised future coming of Christ and his purpose to gather his church, the bride, to himself. Again, we see brothers reference here, so we can easily assume that this is exclusively speaking to believers as an extension to those being spoken to in Thessalonica. Uh, verse 2, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed either by the spirit, by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Last week we spoke about the day of the Lord a lot. I intentionally brought it up in a rapture discussion so that we would uh, be more in context for this week's discussion in Second Thessalonians. The Thessalonians were shaken and alarmed as they thought they had missed the rapture and that they were now in the day of the Lord. Now, I try not to press too much on my view that is consistent with a pre-tribulation rapture, especially since I view it as not, having, being, not being so critical uh, which side of the fence you are in regards to salvation. That being said the Thessalonians were alarmed as they thought they were in the day of the Lord if they were expecting you to go through the day of the Lord they would have no reason to be shaken or alarmed I have to believe these believers had no reason to believe they were going to be participating in it and that they were going to be and they thought that they were going to be gathered to Christ before this day came the next thing here is how did they get to this place where they thought they were missing being gathered and now we're in the day of the Lord well Paul speaks about two things that uh, likely caused this one a spirit in a lowercase s uh, or a spoken word someone likely influenced by the enemy or demons had spoken to them convincing them they were in the day of the Lord like in 1st Thessalonians there was much persecution going on Apparently someone was able to convince them that this suffering was the suffering of the day of the Lord, or leading up to it. um, An aspect that they thought they would miss out on. 2. Letters were likely forgery, coming in the name of Paul, or someone traveling with Paul, uh, were um, were received explaining that they were in the day of the Lord. I'd be curious if these letters included things to discourage them, that they somehow did something wrong, and the result was facing punishment in the day of the Lord. Verse 3 says, Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. Paul is urging them not to be deceived by a spoken word, letters or anything else saying anything different than what Paul had previously or is previously said or is saying now. There are a few things that must take place before the day of the Lord comes. One, the rebellion must come first. Now there are multiple views on what the rebellion is. Some think it is just a general world rebellion based on scripture's use of rebellion. In most of its cases, this is very unlikely. Another would say that the world coming together in rebellion against God in one big event, this could be possible, but I feel like some parts of the context for that would need to be made up in, in order to bring us to the full conclusion. The last one uh, that I was going to bring up, um, which is where my view tends to lean more towards, is a great apostasy-type event, not the general apostasy that has always existed, but a specific, a specific uh, likely global event. People that once professed faith in Christ just professed, not a, not a genuine saving faith, uh, together in what would what is likely to be one great world event. And abandon their they will abandon their faith, allegiance or any other type of commitment to Christ. Um, this would be a great apostasy. the word used here is commonly used to refer to religious military or pro- political rebellion so it's not to say that that section option is isn't possible this all, but this also supports and aligns with number two more closely in my opinion uh, which we will get to shortly. Uh, there is a fourth one that is circled uh, around that is a departure in the rapture, but the issue here is that, one, it says that in, this is must come first, and two, nowhere in scripture does it refer to the gathering of the church as a rebellion or anything like that. <clears throat> uh, two, the man of lawlessness. Um, or also referred to as the man of sin which the word translated here means the same thing he is the son of destruction some key things to note here one coming back to what was said in the rebellion and the third option I think this man kicks off and starts a rebellion or a great apostasy event some things about this figure that we can know from scripture uh, here is referred to as a man of lawlessness or a man of sin he is the the antichrist Antichrists have existed since at least the time of Christ and will become more and more frequent especially in the last days this uh, the evidence of this we have Matthew 24 4 through 5 which says and Jesus answered them see that no one leads you astray for many will come in my name saying I am the Christ and they will lead many astray. The second verse I had is Matthew, a little bit later in Matthew 24, verses 26 through 27, which says, So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. To say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man. And the last one I had for this particular part is 1 John 4, 2 through 3, which says, By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming and is now in the world already. Um, so this is just more into the, uh, the Antichrist and what the definition of them are. Um and then moving on, uh the man of lawlessness he is mentioned all through scripture, uh in many places in scripture, one would be Daniel nine twenty-six, which says, And after the sixty-two weeks an anointing anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing, and the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary its end shall come with a flood, and there shall, uh, and the end there shall be war, desolation are decreed. So it's speaking about uh, what he's to do in the uh, uh, in the temple and and things like that. And then the other one I have is Matthew 24:15, which covers the abomination of desolation as well. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. So these are characteristics that we'll see of him that are described elsewhere in scripture. Uh, Another thing to note is he is not Satan, but is influenced by him. When he commits the abomination of the temple, it kicks off the great tribulation. Uh, which is the second half of the seven-year period we can see that in Matthew 24 verses 15 through 22 which says so when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place let the reader understand then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains let the one who is on the housetop not go down to take what is in his house And let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that your flight not be in winter or on a Sabbath. For then there will be a great tribulation, such has not been from the beginning of the world until now. No, and never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved but for the sake of the elect those days will be cut short. Moving on we have, he will come like likely supporting religion and not an enemy until the apostasy. He will make a treaty or a covenant and have relations with Israel, but halfway through the week, a week being the seven year tribulation period and half being three and a half years, he will put an end to sacrifices and offerings kicking off the second three and a half years which is referred to as the great tribulation period and Daniel 9:27. and that says and he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week and for half of the week he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering and on the wing of abomination shall come one who makes desolate until the decreed end is poured out on the deserter, or desolator, sorry. And so we see here he he commits an abomination in the temple and as well starts ending sacrifices and offerings, which Israel apparently will still be doing. Uh, um, So verse 4, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. So he will oppose and remove all other gods and will sit in the temple and proclaim to be God. Not a much explanation is needed here. This is the ab- part of the abomination number five or verse five do you not remember that when I was still with you I told you these things Paul is reminding them that when he was with them confirmed to be confirmed confirmed to be from his mouth he told them these things Christ spoke of these things and Paul also wrote about some of these things in first Thessalonians which we covered last week verse six says and you know what is restraining him now so that he may be revealed in his time Paul had taught which is apparent from the last verse that the coming Antichrist was being restrained and what was and what is restraining him now it isn't given specifically here what is restraining him but there are many ideas as to what it may be now I don't want to list them all as I think some of them are very unlikely so mainly want to stick to the more likely scenarios or Or the more popular scenarios I should say one the gospel and the church is one thing people have talked about restraining the spirit of the Antichrist and uh, and all that the idea here I think is that the church witnesses and proclaims Christ to the world the world doesn't enter a state of reckless sin and apostasy therefore restraining them the issue here is that human effort holding back Satan and the Antichrist is very unlikely, especially if the church is the, is a minority in the world. Uh, the second one that goes around is the Archangel Michael. Uh, this one is a little tougher to disprove um, or prove because Michael holding off Satan and his fallen angels alone for all this time is a stretch. Um, but same time there's a there's a lot of aspects of, of Michael helping in the past so wouldn't say it's impossible but unlikely uh, the third uh, that I wanted to bring up and this one is by far the most likely at least in my opinion is the Holy Spirit as God controls Satan and everything else he's the creator of the universe God alone would have this power over all creation to restrain it. So moving on to verse 7. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. So continuing here, the mystery of lawlessness is a spirit of lawlessness that is already in the world, it is, uh, has already been in the world, and is in it now. But mystery, again, is something previously not revealed. The mystery here, the mystery here is this level and magnitude of sin, blasphemy and opposition to God that hasn't existed to this level uh, until this point. Here it says out of the way in reference to what is restraining it. This is words of stepping aside which is another reason why it's likely not the church, as the church isn't stepping aside but being gathered to Christ himself. Verse 8, And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. The lawless one uh, being revealed is a moment of divine choice that... At the middle of the tribulation period seven year tribulation period Satan who is pushing the spirit of lawlessness will be allowed his desire to imitate God by indwelling a man who will perform his will in the same way Christ carried out God's will this aligns with God's plan to remove evil in his in his judgment in the day of the Lord His coming not being in the gathering of the church like described in the rapture but to bring judgment and to kill the antichrist false prophet and all those aligned with him verse 9 the coming of the lawless one is by the activity of satan with all power and false signs and wonders the coming of the lawless one will be accompanied with many signs and wonders in order to turn the world in uh, to him and worship him he will even appear to come back to back to life from death which is described in revelation chapter 13 verse 3 which says one of his heads seems to be have a mortal wound but its mortal wound was healed and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast so moving on verse 10 And with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to to love the truth and so be saved. Those that refuse to believe in Christ and the gospel and love the truth will perish. The wicked deception that falls on the world will only work on those who are going to perish unsaved. Verse 11 says, Therefore God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false god's delusions so that those that are perishing again and being unsaved will follow and worship the antichrist verse 12 in order that in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness those found in unbelief and taken pleasure in living in unrighteousness recklessly living in their desires is what's being described here we're going to go through a couple different verses at a time here so 13 through 15 but we ought always to give thanks to god for you brothers beloved by the lord because god chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the spirit and belief in the truth to this he called you through our gospel so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the tradition that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. So these verses here establish establishes them to the gospel and that those being saved and spared and are those being saved are spared the judgment. Paul reinforces them. To hold on to the truth of his spoken word and his letters and no one else's word or letters. So verse 16 through 17 to close this out. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace. Comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word so this closes out the chapter uh closes out chapter two by reminding them god is their comfort hope and grace and that he establishes them so in closing just like last week we are to be encouraged by the gathering of the church and the second second coming of christ it is our hope and what we look forward to in being with christ forever i hope this was an encouragement to you and that i brought this to you in truth and that we all have a future in Christ for those that have placed their trust in him and what he has done for us that he being fully God took on flesh being 100% God and 100% man that we had sin that separated us from God but he went to the cross though we didn't deserve it and bore the punishment and wrath that we so justly deserved But he bore the wrath of God and died for our sins on the cross. He was buried. And on the third day, God raised him so that all who have believed and placed their trust in him can by grace through faith in Christ be saved and have eternal life with him. So that is all I have for you today. If you have any prayer requests and or praises, you can send them to walk in the light at walkinthelightsp.com if you like what we're doing here and you want more daily doses of hope and scripture you can follow us at our other social media accounts we have a twitter which is walkin underscore the light we have a facebook which is walkinthelight and we have an instagram which is walkinthelightsp um, I just uh, thank you all for listening uh, again just hope this was a blessing to you and I pray that you have a good week